Hi guys, welcome to another edition of the SDA podcast. Uh, my name is Anthony. I will be hosting this um, this podcast, and the movie we'll be talking about today is Ant-Man the Wasp. Um, just for a little background setting, this um, this movie takes place after. Well, I don't know exactly when it takes place. Um, before Infinity War, uh, but last we saw Scott Lang, he was in um, Civil War, and he uh, was he gets caught up in the prison, and um, now this is kind of the aftermath of that. Um, let's do a quick circle. Um, everyone say hi, starting with Ronald. Right on. Hey everybody, I'm Ronald here. Um, I was a Pretty big fan of the first Ant-Man, and uh, just um, yeah, was was hoping to see another small-scale uh, super superhero adventure uh, in Ant-Man and the Wasp. All right, Dad. Um, yeah, this is Dot Win. I. If his quality, if his quality sounds like shit, it's because he's at a bar. <laughs> <laughs> I'm coming off like three bars. Oh Jesus! <laughs> Dad, you're making me want a beer. Yeah. yeah right oh God. Yeah. Let's go. All right, Nick Toy, let's go. Uh, I am Nick. I'm sober. That's making me want to drink some beers, um, and I'll do that as we go along. You're disgusting. All right, Kai. <laughs> Goddamn child. All right. Um, and uh, our sixth member, Arthur Boo, will be joining us in a bit. Um, From Comic Con. At, at Comic Con, yeah. Um, amazing. Only true hero of the group. Yeah, he's a really true Yep. All right. Uh, so let's just jump right into our review. Um, why don't we go? I think Kai went first last time. So why don't we go? Nick Choi. Me? What'd okay. What do you think of the movie? Yes. Uh, here we go. Yeah, you, I mean, just going in as a as a person who doesn't know that much about comic books, uh, I liked it overall. I mean, I had a good feeling, but it was a good kind of a action movie. It didn't. I really liked the first one, so I think similar to a lot of the Marvel movies, it wasn't. It didn't have the same impact for me as the first one. Uh, I just go through the things I, I, I like. I, one of the things I want to mention, like right off the bat, I'm kind of over them doing the CGI of these old actors and like you know in their young state. Yeah, it's uh, whatever. But what does that bother? I don't wait. What bother me? I'm just like they didn't have to show. I mean, Michelle. Fire. It would have kind of been nice if they just revealed her at the end. Did you think it was bad? Like, like did I it look it bad? Or it no, bad? I thought it was good quality, but I, don't, I feel like they don't need to. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why. I just feel like I'm seeing a lot, lot of it, a lot of it. So I'm like, I don't know. It didn't know that bothers me that much, but I feel like I'm seeing too much of it. It's true. They are mm-hmm. doing it pretty often these days, right? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, but but I think I think to some degree the fact that Nick is kind of over it is the fact that they're doing it so well that you don't over analyze it, you don't overthink it, and think oh it looks fake or whatever. I think they're doing such a good job that it's just like blase, um, and it's just not yeah. a trick. But that means that it's, they're doing a great job. Um, you don't need to see it more, but it's passable, and, and you, you buy into it, and it's good to go. Whether I, they do I, more or not, 
not important. I get what Nick is saying, though. I get what Nick is saying, though. It still draws my attention to be like, oh, hey, look, there's a young Michelle Pfeiffer. And and my my brain just gets drawn out of the movie into, like, thinking about the actor. I think that's what it is. Because they always do with these really famous actors. It's like, you know, Kurt Russell and and Infinity Wars and and with uh, Michael Douglas and, and... and uh, Michelle Pfeiffer, they're so famous that, you know, it, it draws me out. I'm like, oh, there's the young Michelle Pfeiffer, the young Michael Douglas. I mean, so I, I think not... in this... Sorry, go ahead. Me? Okay. No, oh. no. I thought that was saying something. I was going to say, I think it makes sense in this movie because they, the storyline kind of plays into, like, a bit of what happens in the past. So... Um... Yes. I thought that it would be cool if they just revealed Michelle Pfeiffer later, though. Because you know, big actress and all that. But that's already revealed, though. What do you mean? Like, I didn't know anything. I haven't seen oh. it. I was like, you know. So just for me. Oh. Okay. Okay. Just for you. <laughs> just for me. Thanks. Uh, um, I like the Michael P- uh, Pena. Wait, before that, before you go on, um, do you you know that's not Lawrence Fishburne, right? Like the what? younger part. That was his son. No. <laughs> what? I thought that no was way. a. Is it really? I think yes. that was CGI Lawrence Fishburne. It looks exactly like no him. Way. No, Google Lawrence Fishburne's son. He, that that's him. Like he, he plays his, his dad. What? Dude, that looks exactly like it. it. Does. Like, I didn't realize that until afterwards too, and I was like, oh damn. Okay, well that yeah. Wow, that throws me <laughs> off. That, oh, that, was <laughs> we did that, a little was, bit of both for you, man. <laughs> was that was that Michelle Pfeiffer's daughter too then? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Michelle Pfeiffer but looked really good for age, by the way. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, when she showed, I was like, "Wow, she, she yeah, she aged really well." I last saw her in um, what is that? Murder on the Orient Express, and mm. uh, yeah, oh, she looked good in there too. Yeah. Uh, okay. The other things I liked, uh, I like, yeah, the comic. I, I, that's what I liked about Ant Man, the original one, and this one too. The, the kind of comic relief, uh, or the the comedy part of it. I like Paul Rudd. I think he's really good. I like the Michael is it Pena Pena. He's really funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like the I like the tie into the Infinity Wars. I was kind of waiting for that. Um, uh, how did so? Let's talk about that real quick since you're talking about it. Yeah. What, how, how did your the- theater react when? Uh, when <laughs> there was a bunch of little kids, and they're like, "I told you, I told you, this is not I told you." I was like, yeah. "All right, there, so <laughs> let me. I, I have to tell my story now. That's my, I, my theater reaction. I have to tell you my story now. Remember, I I pinged you guys, and I was like. There's a dickhead right in front of me. Yeah. Like turn he turned around. And he's just like, "Guys, it's okay. It's okay. They're going to be fine." I, see, that's how it ties into Infinity War. That's how it ties in. He's talking at everybody and nobody's looking at him. He's looking right at me. I'm like, "Bro, talking to the don't. crowd?" He's right in front of me, like the row in front of me. He's turning around, he went to move himself. He's just like yelling these things, and I'm like, "Don't look at me. I'm lo- I'm looking at Christine." She's like, oh my god, this guy's gonna like so irritating, and he just keeps on saying, "This is how it connects. It all connects." There's another credit scene. Don't worry, stay, stay till the end. I'm like, dude, no. shut the <laughs> fuck up. I don't want to stop this, dude. And so, and so, um, um, at, you know, at the end, you know, it goes, "Ant Man and the Wasp will, will return?" Question mark. That you know that part comes up. He's like, yeah. "No, guys, it's okay. They they return and they'll be in the next one." It's just like, "Shut it! You're a fucking you. You're that Reddit kid who reads every goddamn post, every goddamn like picture, like leaked picture." I'm like, "You're an asshole." All right, and then uh, on the way out, like we passed by him, and we, me and my cousin were joking. We're like, "Dude, 
is this how it's connected to Infinity War? And and then uh, he started talking to us again, and we just walked away. We're just oh my oh god! god. How, yeah, how yeah, jerk, how you just draw him in so you can walk away from him. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Jerks. We're kind of a dick. Sorry. Yeah. How old was he, Anthony? I don't know. Twenty-five. <laughs> he was he like was seven. <laughs> is he like the comic book guy from The Simpsons? <laughs> the comic book store owner. Essentially. Anyway, sorry. Okay. Tangent. Nick. Uh, uh, so I like that part. I'll go into the things that maybe bothered me a little bit. When they did that, I liked that they tied it in, but also I was thinking like, what, what was he doing that whole time? Like, you know, one that, that stuff was kind of, ha- I know he's like, he's trying to stay out of everything, but he, they just disappear. Right. And it's, it's the, that part of the infinity war. That means like the entire build up time, like he's been around, he's, he's been like, you know, hanging out. He must know something's going on or they don't, you know, well, here's that's me. I was trying to like think about it too, like timeline wise. Mm-hmm. Um, I because Infinity War happens in like a two day period. Um, oh, is that I it? Think, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you look back at it, it's like a very short window of time. So I think okay. I feel like they did all of their stuff elsewhere, uh, and and whatever he was kind of doing his own thing with um, Pim. So okay. I don't know. I don't know if it's an out, but it just seemed like. Yeah, everything happened in a very small window of time, and and I was just doing his own thing. Okay, uh, that one, the, the little things like the uh, I like how they threw it in San Francisco a lot of the scenes. One of the things that threw me out was the I like the you know the whole the growing and shrinking of all the objects and all that. But during the car scenes, every time they shrunk the car, I kept thinking, I was like, hey, they shouldn't be going the same speed. I don't know why that that threw me off, but <laughs> I kept thinking, I'm like, that's a tiny car. Like, why are they driving the same size of the car? Physics <laughs> makes no sense. <laughs> that's a small thing. That's a that's a nitpick thing. Anyways, uh, I the Hank Pym character. This is just me personally, but I wanted to. I was kind of I wanted to be impressed by him as like because he from the comic books and stuff that are thinking he's supposed to be like a, a one of the smartest of all, right? Like a super genius, like kind of a mental heavyweight. I was kind of I wanted to be more impressed with him as like a uh, just like a, a super smart guy. I mean, you get that he is, but I don't know. It just. He just—he just seemed just like a regular smart scientist, nothing like crazy, crazy impressive. Yeah. Um. What the other thing was? I didn't really understand. I mean, there was a lot going on with the the healing power of the interdimensional stuff and like how it. I feel, I feel like they right. just put that in <laughs> to like yeah, okay, here, yeah. Here. Let, but, let, let, let's stop on that topic right there. Sure, that was that was something that really bugged me too because they they kind of acknowledged that fact where they just threw in the word quantum into things and tried to yeah. techno techno babble their way into like all these different plot devices. Your favorite techno babble, Ronald. You know, and, and you know, I have a thing for techno babble. Good techno babble, at least. That's right. But, so so welcome, Arthur. Just so you know, Arthur Dad is in sitting in like a corner of a bar by himself. I don't know. He's What's on the street. Name? In <laughs> he's homeless <laughs> okay uh, that makes sense yes, I get am. Mugged. yeah um, so yeah jumping back into into that into that particular topic it's it to me it was just it it, it, it wore me down like it really wore me down about like okay well this is some some re- for some reason it has the some healing power caused by something i'm just like uh, it became a little bit too too much convenient. Um, yeah too convenient yeah like quantum anything can do anything essentially yeah. is, is what it came down that's to. what bothered me because it for all this stuff they had like it's super scientific 
you know, like these all these things going on, right? And then like at the end of it, it's just like all you have to do is touch her and you'll be okay. I was like, that's it. <laughs> I was like, like, I like just put like, an easy answer on the end of it. They're like, oh, just touch her and she'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think a good world, like you know, like a good story universe, right, is built around rules and having right. a good good set of rules that makes sense. And yeah. that to me, it was really kind of yeah, pushing it, if not breaking that limit for me uh, in terms of how many or how little rules there are on a particular thing. Vibranium was close for me, but <laughs> I don't think it was quite to that <laughs> level. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, uh, no. My wedding band is made of uh, vibranium. So. That's, oh, that's what's going to stop Thanos, guys. Quantum vibranium. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm with you guys too. I just thought it was just like what? It's just convenient. Like, oh, she could just heal now. She has powers. Like, they just kept it vague too. She, she just said something about like, oh, I've come back not the same or something. I've evolved or I don't know something weird. I was like, okay, that's yeah, cheesy. I I kind of appreciate because at that point that was the other thing I was gonna be at that point in the movie there was like so many I felt like there was they just needed to they just kind of wrap it up I was like okay that's at least you just wrapped it up because there was like so many things going on with that and then the ghost and then there were I felt like there was so many bad guys that were like showing up in every scene because there was like there was the the feds there was um, Lawrence Fishburne there's the ghost there's also like the uh, like the guy, I Walton Goggins. Yeah. Goggins. I like that actor, by the way. I thought he, he always does a really good job. But I feel like there's there was too many different bad guys showing up in, in every single scene. I was like, okay, that likes they just kind of finish it up. Um, but I like the uh, I like how they, it was compact into a sync. There was kind of an overarching story. You know, they just wanted to rescue the mom, which was a good a good part of it for me. I like the pace of action. Um, the last part I didn't know if I was a throw or not because that was. I did a spoiler on myself while I was reading something about Ant-Man and Infinity Wars. And I was like, oh, I was like, I guess spoiled, but I think it confirmed some of those things for me, but that, I don't really want to bring it up. So, mm. But that's it. Yeah. Overall, I, I liked it. I, I thought it was, a, I mean, I didn't, you know, I don't think it was a great, in my mind, it wasn't a great movie, but I enjoyed it as a, as a Marvel movie, as an action movie and stuff like that. Yep. What do mm. I know? All right. Who do you want to hear from next? Do you want to, should we move to that? Yeah, let's see how many hear from Dad. Of all the MCU franchises, this is the one that is sort of smaller, more self-contained, less epic than the rest of the stories they try to tell with all the superheroes. And in a lot of ways, it's a good thing because a lot of the reviews and the assessments I hear is, you know, things like uh, the Ant-Man is exactly what the MCU needs. Strong. Um, overarching stories that it impacts big important things where Ant-Man is more about, about his story and the individuals that are part of the story together. And that's good because just like the comic books, you know, you have your different genres, right? You have um, your sci-fi, you have your space, you have your um, technology, whatever. And Ant-Man really even tend to be more like pulp, in my opinion. And for what it is, um, that's all we expect. It's not a surprising story. It's largely predictable, um, and for what that is, that means that it delivers in, in that kind of space. So if you come off something like big and powerful and, and impacting like the Infinity War, um, Ant-Man is basically a, hey, you know, take a scooter, um, this is a smaller encapsulated space, and it's self-contained, and it, it deals with itself other than the special you see that, you know, you, you've got the... Um, 
Hope and her parents, they basically go all down and she's talking back and forth, which is fantastic because it, it also says, hey, we probably just reverse too. And then things that happen here actually impact us too. I think that the Ant-Man is just kind of a fun ride where you more or less are going to get a standard, predictable story that's just a good amount of fun um, without you having to overthink it and, and overanalyze it in a lot of ways, right? It, it's more or less what you see is what you get. And there isn't much more that you have to do with it. And I think that's exactly why an actor like Paul Rudd is a really good cast for who Ant-Man was and how they write the story around it. You know, I, I enjoyed the movie. Um, I, like uh, Nick said, I don't think it was a fantastic movie by any uh, stretch of the imagination, but it was a good popcorn flick that you can just, you know, pay your money, go down, sit down and, and take a look and enjoy it for what it is and not overthink it in any way. Um, I personally like the fact that because it wasn't a big epic story that they didn't have a true evil going, and even when they had the opportunity to truly go evil, there was, you know, the opportunity to say, hey, you know, we don't do that, and they really didn't go there in a lot of in a lot of ways, I think. For some people, that might be a, 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 a negative because the movie doesn't feel bigger than it could be, and, and you may or may not feel satisfied with me. I don't expect that man to be a lot more, and then I, I wasn't necessarily disappointed in that space. I thought the, you know, the acting was good. I thought there was a lot of over-explanation of things because they haven't had a limited time and run to do things. I think the movie was only 90 minutes overall, which I think is short, even for a Marvel movie. So they um, stayed away from exhibition and the monologue a lot of it, which um, is okay, you know, for a movie like this. I think... Uh, and then how sort of deep it was in the sense of um, what it was supposed to mean for the MCU universe overall. This is a good sort of, hey, just kick back for a while, enjoy what we're offering you today, and, and um, you know, enjoy the sort of decompressor for the moment. Um, there was nothing really overall surprising for me about the movie, nothing that significantly stood out other than the fact that, you know, John is that guy and things that come back with powers. It seemed to me, at least me and my wife, that it was an opportunity for them to bring in what they thought would be their lead into what would be a type experience in the MCU. But now that, you know, I think it was today even that uh, Fox um, is bought out by now and that Comcast no longer taking over. So I don't know what the long-term impact is going to be for that. Um, but it, it seemed to me that, that this was their uh, their venture into what could be the evolved human because she had even mentioned uh, when he found her that she was now an evolved person, right? So who knows where it's hmm. going to go. Yeah. Interesting. Um, that was just something that my wife and I were, were, were talking about. But, you know, we all know that they were trying to find a way to work in the whole notion of mutant or, or uh, keep it out of the MCU altogether. Well, I think that that was the, the beginning of potentially how they were going to deal with it. Now, I, I don't know what it's going to be. Um, but end of day, um, you know, the movie was, it, to me, it was the standard Hollywood movie format. And that's the way it was with Ant-Man 1. And this wasn't, to me, trying to necessarily outdo Ant-Man 1. It just continued in the tradition of what that kind of story was, which I think you have a great talent of doing. They don't often do like Matrix 1, there's the Matrix 2 and 3 where they say, you know, overdo the things that people love. They just continue that progression, they continue that sort of tradition. And uh, Ant-Man 2 is very much that. Right?
those are my thoughts on the movie. All right, that's fair. Good points, good review. Um, Arthur, do you want to go next? Sure. You guys can hear me? Yeah. Sure can. I'm sitting outside this bench near the Marriott Hotel next to the convention center, by the way. Uh, I can't find a quiet place, so you guys got to let me know if I can't, you can't hear me. Uh, it's but way it's, better than death's. <laughs> okay. All right, then. And there's a, lot, there's a lot of, it's lively out here, so it's not like I'm by myself. It's, you know, very jumping out here. So something in good. Uh, oh, good. So uh, anyway, um, yeah, so Ant-Man, I, I think for the most part, I would, if I could hear properly, <laughs> I, got, I agree with a lot of what Dot mentioned. But uh, you know what? I really, really like this movie more than I thought I would. I don't know. I just had so much fun watching it. And I get some of the, the points and issues before, but it didn't bother me uh, because it, it just was fun. After two movies that were you know, very big, large scale, culturally shifting, bo- barrier breaking, epic, you know, th- you know, that kind of scale, I just like the fact that you can have this really fun movie with urgent stakes, but not like world shattering. And I thought they were very, very <laughs> Uh, you want to mute? Yeah, mute, please. Oh my god, I have to do so much editing. Oh, thank you. Uh, I muted him. Thank you. Oh. <laughs> and uh, gosh, where was I? So I just thought they're very clever in their execution. The way they they tell their gags, the way they use their shrinking powers, the way they use their 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 um, enlarging powers, and I like the fact that the humor in this movie. Uh, is clever and sharp, but at the same time, it's not like Thor or Guardians where it's trying to be too snarky funny. Uh, and, and it gets to the point where, okay, you, you kind of go over the line. This one, it felt very natural. It, it felt very good to me. And I don't know, I just had like this huge smile on my face the whole time watching because it, it was just so much fun to, to see them go through all the stuff. Uh, Michael Pena, again, steals the show as a supporting character. Him going through that whole monologue, um, you know, the quantum realm, I think, is going to be very important for the Marvel Universe. Uh, they've already mentioned it as much. Um, they're going to use it for many things. Um, and yeah, I, I, and I, uh, Evangeline Lilly was great. Um, I liked her in Lost. I was a big fan of the Lost show. I liked her as Kate. And uh, I've never seen her in Lord of the Rings, but uh, I thought she was great as the Wasp. And I liked the fact that she led a lot of the movie, uh, if not had a equal screen time. So it, she wasn't just like a, a sidekick or a supporting character per se. Like I thought she was an equal character. Um, but I also like the fact that they ground the movie with a family thing. So like her daughter, the whole cleverness of him trying to be in the house, um, him playing and hanging out with her daughter. And that may be just me personally, because I have a, a girl too. Um, but I like that. Um, I like the fact that they reconcile his, his position with his new family structure. You know, he's kind of like a second dad. And then he has to share custody with, um, you know, his ex-wife, uh, this other guy, and his daughter. So I'm, I'm glad they don't go back to the well and say, oh, they're going to have conflict because it just makes it more interesting. I just like the fact that, they, hey, you That's know what? That's a good what? point. Yeah. You know what? Their family evolved. This is their situation. They're going to just move forward. And this is how they share their family life together. I like that. It went, um, like, but- it went like opposite of what you would think. And I actually yeah. really like that, too. Like, I wanted a exactly. hug from Bobby Cannibal's character. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Like exactly. he's like, come give me a hug, and he, I don't know. Something was is very warm. Uh, it, I, like, uh, I like also like the daughter daughter father. So I was gonna throw, I forgot about that Arthur. Oh, yeah, Cassie. It, it just kind of connects to me as well. I think because I have a daughter. Like all those right. scenes like really got to me. I was like, oh, 
the whole sliding scene in the beginning was awesome. Like the whole yeah. maze thing that they built, I thought, wow, this is so cool. And it, and you know, Paul Rudd is also such a likable guy and likable yeah. actor. He really makes it real. And I know they're setting up the the girl uh, for a potential, you know, young Avengers or or a character. No in the way. No, oh, yeah, because she's serious? well, because she she's she really actually, young. Well, she's ten in this movie. And then, you know, the young Avengers are teens. So, you know, five to six years from now, she could easily play the role of uh, uh, Cassie, uh, which is in the comic books, uh, her name is Stature. So her main okay. power is to, to be, you know, like a giant girl. Um, oh, wow. But she's, she's part of this team called the Young Avengers. Yeah. And they're basically kind of like uh, younger counterparts of the Avengers team. So, and she's always kind of, yeah. So. She makes that comment, right? Like, why can't I, can I be your partner? Exactly. So, right, they're, they're, right. so they kind of like they put seeds there. Yeah. Right. Whether they execute on it, that's fine. Yeah. But I think you know, I like the actress. She's great. She's charming. Um, and it's funny because I actually happened to watch certain scenes from the first movie before watching this one, not because I wanted to prepare, but I just happened to just flip through some stuff on YouTube and I'm like, oh, I'll just watch this again. And it actually made me appreciate the first movie a lot more. I like it more than I did at the time. Not that I didn't like it at the time, um, because the work that they do to make you accept the whole Ant-Man world, the character and uh, the gags and the cleverness, it actually made me appreciate Ant-Man 1 a lot more. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Overall, I thought it was just fantastic. Fun time at the movies, um, just pure fun. And I like the fact that the, the secret scene at the end where, you know, they're tethering him and that you, you have the whole, uh, what do you call it? Um, the snap, right? Um, it was cool to, to hear in the theater this time. Everyone's like, oh my gosh, you know, and some of them were like were shocked, right? And, and, mm-hmm. I actually, and I actually could see it coming. Like I was expecting like, okay, they're either going to show him and Hawkeye hanging out or they're going to do something and the snap's going to happen or something about, you know, Infinity War is going to happen. So I was sort of planning on it, but it was just fun to see the people in the audience. Like they were totally caught off guard. A bunch of them like, oh my God, holy crap. Oh man, you know, because you've gone through this whole movie that's basically fun and nobody really died and you know the the good guys won and nobody was seriously hurt so it was kind of like this great clean family fun movie and at the end Mm -hmm. they all disappear (laughs) you're like oh my god yeah it's like it's a a huge tonal shift from like exactly and you you really would yeah you don't have to watch that right and the movie still stands on its own but it's nice that they have that little connective tissue to to tie you back to the, the broader world um and, you know, they're so clever about doing it because you just know that, you know, Ant-Man is hanging out in this quantum realm. He's going to be a very important part of Avengers, what, three now or no, four? And the whole mm-hmm. quantum realm. You, you just know that the way they planned this, and it's, it's just so clever and so sharp of, of Marvel Studios to be able to just plan and execute these movies, you know, in terms of timing, in terms of threads. And it just, you just, I'm so impressed by them, professionally speaking. Like, wow, you know, these guys just, on the ball when it comes to delivering not just like individual movies but how they connect and then the timing of them i mean you can debate the exact timing of this movie to when it happens in Infinity war it never really bothered me i just it's one of those things where you kind of like when you read a comic book it's like okay it's just happening concurrently plus or minus a few months you know go from there you know you don't have to be that exact and it, you know if you try to be so exact about it you're just only gonna upset yourself or or anger yourself more just go for the ride so but um, yeah, that's mostly what I I, um, I enjoyed. I, I did like um, Lawrence Fishburne's character, Bill Foster. Um, he actually is a comic book character. He got killed in Civil War. <laughs> kind of lame, actually. Yes, book. I remember him. <laughs> yeah, that was yeah that was dumb in the book. 
um, to do that. But I'm glad they brought him back here and they gave him a pretty significant role. I like the fact that he's sort of like an antagonist to to Pym. And, uh, you know, I hope that in the future, and back to what Nick said, um, I hope there's opportunity that they have Michael Douglas and Robert Downey Jr. kind of sparring against each other. That's that's what I was, yeah, getting yeah. at. Something like that, like a Robert Downey-ish Jr., like yeah. that type of... Exactly, the big brains kind of going at it, and like especially with you know Michael Douglas saying, "Hey, you know, I hated your father, mm. right? This and that, and now his son is no different." And then you know you'd have that kind of great drama uh, of all this stuff. And I don't know if, if Michael Douglas is going to be in future Avenger movies. I'm sure it'll be in Ant Man three, um, but um, I did like the fact that you know Fishburne's character was sort of like that, you know, an antagonist of him. Like you know, him isn't exactly like uh, the most altruistic guy. He probably had some skeletons in the closet too. Um, they well. kind of alluded to it in the first Ant-Man, right? Where they're talking about, yeah, like oh, it's not some cute Tony Stark toy. This is like an actual, right? And and when you go back to watch the first um, Ant-Man movie, right, you think it's silly, but the fact that they present it in a way where you know weaponized shrinking technology can be weaponized to do assassinations and you know um, and spying, and you're like, wow, this is actually very powerful, you know, very powerful technology. You don't, you don't think about that at first you know you you ask the casual you um people i talked to some folks you know who in the office say hey you're gonna watch anime I say, oh is that that shrinking person i don't know i'm like well actually you know give it a shot uh because that's the first impression you, you don't think anything of uh, a character that just shrinks right but then in anime one they really really showed it in terms of when they explained the whole low jacket thing remember you know you can use this armor to do anything to anybody anywhere anytime and you no one would be the wiser um so, and it's kind of scary in, in that sense, if you really look at it seriously. So I really appreciate the fact that they kept to that. Um, I did like the ghost character. I didn't think she's a, a villain. She's just more of a tragic antagonist. She's not there for anything other than survival. So I don't really think she was bad or anything. I like her character. She's a female version of the ghost. Um, the original ghost character is a guy, uh, more of an industrial spy. Uh, you know, she was all right. I didn't like her um i thought she was fine for the movie but yeah overall i mean the movie was just pure fun um i really enjoyed it a lot uh, liked it a lot more than i thought i would um and i knew i would like it so anyway that's that's about it nice hmm. all yeah, right I agree with what you say about the oh sorry with the old no, mom because I've been catching a lot of old Marvel movies lately like on tv and stuff and even on netflix and I, you're right they do such a they do such a good job of like the way they've laid out. I don't know if just because I've been comparing to the way DC has done it so horribly, <laughs> yeah. but well, yeah. they've done like such a good job of like just laying out this entire like you know the yeah, roadmap the, and everything, the tying them well, together and all that stuff. Yeah, the planning and execution is just amazing. Yeah. I'm I, I'm still kind of blown away from by what you said. Like I, I didn't realize uh, about what you said what you said about Cassie. Um, you know, growing up to be part of the Young Avengers, I, I did not realize that. And, okay. you know, if we are here, right, podcasting about some Young Avengers movie five, six, seven years down the line and, like, recalling this conversation, I will be blown away by Marvel. <laughs> if yeah, they can carry on. Because, what, they just celebrated 10 years, you know, of this, uh, right. this franchise, or this overall Marvel universe. If they can yep. continue that into the next decade with so much foresight, I, I, I will be just completely blown away yeah, by Mike, uh, by Kevin Fahey and his whole, his whole vision. It's funny because if you look at the, the background of that actress who played uh, Cassie, she was six years old, the same age as my daughter now, in Ant-Man 1. 
right? So now mm -hmm. she's 10, because um, it's kind of happening in real time. And so she was six, and then four years later, she's now 10. It's only another four or five years, she's like a 14, 15 year old, right? At that point, she's, she's able to be a young Avenger. And that, you know, that it, it seems like it's far away, but you know, time flies, right? So. It's all about setting up the seeds. Plant the seeds. There's like a lot of seeds apparently. Yeah. <laughs> and um, they have a lot of places to go if they want to. Exactly. And I like that girl a lot. That actress, she's really good. That's true. She's great. Yeah. So. All right. Uh, thank you, Arthur. And let's go from optimism to pure pessimism. Let's go, Kai. <laughs> <laughs> let's go opposite ends here. Here we go. It's true. You, you like this movie, or you like Ant-Man one a lot. Really? He, More he than Ragnarok. He agrees with me. What <laughs> is happening? What? You guys both agree on that? He agrees with Arthur. Record this, please. <laughs> wow. What the hell? Delete what this recording. On? Sweet. <laughs> no editing yet, Anthony. Yes, I will. Oh, good point. I forgot about that. You know what? I like Randall Park as well. He did. He did a good job. He's funny. Well, he's he's good, but he's kind of playing himself and playing the fresh off the boat character. He's playing himself. Would... <laughs> he can yeah. only play himself. He can't. I don't be. even watch the show, but I already yeah. know that's like him. Yeah, because because yeah. because uh, Agent Wu is not like that in the books. He's a little bit more cool and. That's a real character. Evil. Yeah. No, he actually is a Wu. He is a real Shield character in the books. Um, so I, I was happy that he was going to be. Uh, playing that character, but then he plays kind of like the same guy he does in Fresh Off the Boat. So, oh, there's Shield. He's Shield. I thought he's FBI. No, he's Shield. Uh, yeah, okay. uh, I mean, Agent Wu is a Shield character, but he also is Shield in this movie. But anyway, back to you, Kai. Sorry. True. Yeah, that that part could have been. I agree with you. That part could have went really, really bad or really, really cheesy, corny, stupid. But somehow they they pulled it off where it actually worked really well. I'll agree with you there. That mentioned they didn't overdo what they did in the first movie. He's right. You guys are right. They they, they exactly, kept it really exactly know, my shoot. point. I, I was just gonna say exact same thing. They could have gone way overboard because it was so people loved that from the first one, but they did it in such a like a unique like organic way that 
it felt like it was good. And I, I, if they did it one more time, it would have been too much, I thought. Yeah, but uh, It would have been Guardians 2, Guardians of the Galaxy 2. <laughs> exactly they, know when, they know when to quit. Yeah. Taser face? <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't remind me of that. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> Gee. <laughs> Yep. Mention of a time vortex. Mm hmm. Yeah, yeah. It could be seeded. I don't know. Yeah. Who I, knows? I, Who knows? I, I think so. It's a seed planted for Avengers 4, I think. Yeah. Did you say you, you, they're writing him off from the Infinity series by sticking him over? Whoa, whoa, whoa! I I think he's in the next one a lot. For I, sure. I, gotta, I, think, I agree as well. I think <laughs> he's, he's, he's very important in the next one. Yeah, he's absolutely important for the second one. I think... No, go ahead. Sorry. All right. Sounds good. Is that everyone? I forgot. Still got, Sorry. Still got me and you.
Oh, go ahead, Arona. Um, yeah, I, I have to agree with uh, a number of points that you know most people made already here already. For example, uh, the action was fantastic in this movie. But actually, sorry, let me rewind a little bit. What I loved about the first Ant-Man was, like Kai said, right, it, it's this smaller scope, smaller scale, uh, uh, you know, movie. It's it's not it's not the crazy overarching you know that uh, movie that spans across you know three different characters movies or four different characters movies. It's just focusing on Scott Lang, his problems, and uh, you know the Pym family, and uh, and you know them trying to figure something out. Right. This one did most of that good stuff, but they just introduced a lot of complications in there that I don't know if I enjoyed or not. For example, the ghost character, um, I, I just didn't care about her. Like, I don't know about you guys, but I, I get that we were supposed to sympathize with her as like a, a villain who had a reason to be a villain, you know, like a villain with a, with a purpose because she's yep. dying and whatever. But I, I just didn't, for some reason, I just didn't sympathize with her. I, I, I don't. I don't know why. Uh, I, I just kind of thought like I really could have done without her whole, uh, without without much of her, you know, backstory and stuff. I, I'm not. I'm not quite sure why. Yeah. I, I didn't I'm with really you. Care. Like mm-hmm. I, I feel like they could have gone one way or the other. Like give her way more backstory, or give her more like I don't know, you know, character, or I don't know, maybe just make her some kind of. I don't know. I don't know. But it's just. It's You're right. Like, she wasn't hateable. She wasn't likable. It wasn't. It was just yeah. Whatever. I, I didn't. I didn't hate her. Like she didn't seem super evil, but she didn't yeah. seem like super so neutral. I didn't feel sorry. I, for I, her. I, I wish. I wish I felt more sympathy for her. If I felt more sympathy for her, I feel like she would have been a, a much more uh, convincing uh, and powerful of a character. But she's always uh, in pain, Ronald. Don't you see? I, no, <laughs> the molecules are being torn apart and put together every day. I, I mean, <laughs> And I get it. I get what they were trying to do with her, right? Like you're supposed to be like, oh, I'm so torn. Should I root for her or should I not root for her? Because you know she's really struggling. But I mean, I, I you're just like, whatever. Yeah, whatever. I mean, yeah, better, better stop. Well, part of it was just because it felt, kind of felt like Hank Pym and Scott Lang. They didn't. They never showed any sympathy to her toward her until like that <laughs> one part. So that one part where Hank was like, oh, sorry, till when Hank Pym was like, oh yeah, I'll help her after. But up yeah, until yeah. then, they showed no sympathy toward her. And, of course, our sympathies are for, you know, Scott Lang and, and Hank Pym. Yeah. Because they're, they're just trying to ignore her, right? They're just like... Uh, they were trying to ignore her. So I'm just like, I have no clue how I feel about this, uh, this ghost character. Hmm. Actually, her father. Are you referring to her father as the guy who was killed in the explosion? Or, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, yeah, he's actually a, a Easter egg Marvel villain called Egghead. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. So, yeah. I didn't. I actually forgot about. I didn't realize in the movie until I, I later on kind of read some. Okay. Yeah. He's his name is called Egghead. <laughs> he's an old Hank Hank Pym villain from the comic books. He's not as well. He's not as well known. 
Um, but they just use him this way to kind of tie some things up. It's, it's fine. Nothing bad. And this is why we have Arthur in the podcast. Yes. <laughs> I know. Digging deep. Yep. <laughs> he legitimizes everything. Deep cuts. Deep cuts. <laughs> so. MacGuffin character. Mm-hmm. MacGuffin character. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree. I would agree with that. Um, going back to some good stuff. I mean, the, uh, so much of this movie is just carried by the charm of Paul Rudd, Michael Agreed. Pena, and, and Cassie, right? The, the, the actor, actress that plays uh, Cassie. I mean, there's, like, there's a lot of things that I could probably complain about. Like, for example, uh, I, I, it's kind of convenient for Janet, right? Uh, you know, Hank Pym's wife, to be stuck in this quantum zone for 30 years and come out completely fine and like with with all the solutions like to everything that they had, all the issues that they had. Where'd she, where'd she get that shawl that she was wearing? <laughs> she <laughs> with quantum energy. It's a quantum shawl. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, no, but it, it, that, that, that that's kind of my point, right? Where just like, oh, it's she kind of seemed like she made a pretty good life for herself down there. <laughs> Like, where where was she living? What was she eating? Like, I'm not <laughs> sure what was going on. It would have been interesting the if they, the tardigrades, Ronald. No, the tardigrades. She was eating the tardigrades. Interesting, but <laughs> no, but they would have been giant to her. She was even smaller than the tardigrades. True, true, true. So, uh, I mean, I don't know. It would have been interesting if they did something around time where, when you shrink down to that that size, time doesn't pass the same way for her. Maybe they could have explained it off that way, but it just that's felt- what I exactly what I was gonna say. It's like they didn't say anything about time, but it would just at least cover like you know why she didn't age or why uh, she did age, why she didn't <laughs> eat or whatever. Like mm-hmm. you know, you know what I'm saying. Like or like she didn't perceive time in the same way that we yeah. would, you know, in the regular. Like she didn't need I, the I don't same know. resources. I don't know. Yeah, thirty years by yourself. Holy moly! Like that'll ruin a person. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That was cool. Oh yeah. <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was good acting. Yeah. yeah. That's all Paul Rudd. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, if if, if anything. You know, Janet's superpowers is her mental fortitude. <laughs> the, the ability to withstand 30 years on her own. That's incredible. I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm 30, year, 30 years old now, and I'm just imagining what if I spent my entire lifespan alone? It'd be kind of like that. Yeah. They kind of, like, hinted that she could be crazy, too. Didn't, didn't you feel that? Like, she could turn? Did they? Um, well, I don't know when she got out. It just, it just seems so, so like, it was just too optimistic. Like everything is perfect. Like if, if they stuff. did like, do I have... that, I, I would have been, I would have been really blown away by that. That would have been a really cool thing. But I, I didn't catch that. Did anyone else catch that? No. No. Maybe they save it for the third movie. Well, I'm, I'm not saying. I, I just think like it was so bright and shiny that, I, I could have seen a turn coming. That's all. Yeah. Well. Yeah, I think that that's what why it felt weird. It was a little bit too bright yeah. and shiny, right when she came out. Yeah, everything yeah. was 
fixed. Yep. But with all that said, because because Ant Man is a smaller scale movie and it's just like I said, I, I I see it as a fun movie that you know has quick punches, um, just a, a lot of fun action scenes. I don't, I'm not trying to nitpick on it as much as I would say, you know, Infinity War. Yeah, it's fair. Um, random question: Did you guys like the shrunken Paul Rudd scene better than the Deadpool legs? Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. He didn't really overdo it. That's why. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I would agree with it. That yep. was a cool yep. scene. The whole school scene, right? Yeah. That was. Was it just me though, or it just doesn't? It didn't look that good. I don't, I'm not quite I sure. Looked, I, thought, I thought it looked okay. N- nothing. Nothing will look as good to me as um, Steve Rogers when his, you know, what, you know, when he was skinny. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> skinny Steve Rogers in the first yeah. Avengers. Yeah, or in, in the first that... Avengers. Yeah, they used a different guy to, to do those shots, too. That didn't yeah, look right to me. His head is huge. He looked like a skinny, no, gigantic no, head to me. Looked, no, his, okay. his head was smaller. They, they superimposed his face on there, but his head sizes felt... It looked, looked, looked like a, no, it looked skinny okay. guy with a giant head. Anyways. I, I gotta go with Nick, yeah. I thought he looked still looked kind of like... Still looked weird. weird. Yeah. I was okay with it. Hmm. But, see, this movie is so good because they do the scaling so well, so it's believable. Right, you know when he's, I like the the gags where he's large and then he's he's riding a truck like a scooter. You know those kind of things <laughs> are ridiculous. Yeah, but and it shouldn't make sense, but they just work because you know they're so clever at doing it, and they just they make you believe it with the the effects and all that. Or when he's kind of and he uses yep. a finger to snap away the guy's gun as if it's like a children's toy, which I like. You know, so it's these little touches that make they they really do so well on it. The Pez toy. Scaling. Yeah, exactly. Have all you guys seen the trailer? I, I heard they spoil a lot of the action scenes. Watch in the trailer. any trailers. They they flip some things around and they they took some dialogue out, but yeah, they do have some. They do spoil some action scenes, but then there's some other major ones that they didn't look at at all. So, well, I guess that still adds to my point. It's spoiler. <laughs> like yeah, it shows you scenes. Yeah, I'm just saying, but yeah, the scaling is is good. Okay. Ever since I started doing what Vu does, like not watch any trailers, I've enjoyed like every movie so much more. Like every yeah. part of it's like a total like. I'm like way more excited at the start of movies. Like yeah. I just have a better experience <laughs> overall. <laughs> yeah. All right, Ronald. Um, anything else? No, that's it. I think you're last, right? All right. Um, yeah, I'm last. So I think we talked, you guys hit on everything, like pretty, a lot of the stuff I wanted to hit on. Um, Paul Rudd, I thought once again, he kind of carries the movie because of his charm um, and his, his relationship with Cassie. Um, I'm glad they, they straight up continued the storyline from the first one because that's what everyone's kind of imagining, um, like, or not imagining, but wondering um, what was happening in the quantum realm. Um, I think Kai touched on this. Jokes were for me creative, creative enough. They, they, um, I don't know. They weren't like laugh out loud for me, but they were they were good enough where it was it was sm- like smart, uh, um, smarter. It wasn't just like playing off of like stupid cheesy jokes. Um, I like the the look of ghosts, as in like the phasing. I thought the phasing looked really cool. That was cool. Um, yeah, I guess I don't know. Haven't seen anything like that <clears throat> recently. 
And then, um, yeah, we talked about the Michael Pena scene, um, and I'm glad they didn't overdo that. Having said that, I think this movie is in the bottom uh, uh, bottom half, bottom quartile of Marvel movies for me. Um, wow. Um, the reason I say that is because I you really no, like... You have no humor. No, no. I have plenty of humor. Yeah. <laughs> <Quartiles>. <laughs> um, <laughs> I really like Ant-Man 1. I had a lot of expectations for, the, for, for this one um, because I felt like Payne Reed had more time to work on this one. He kind of took over the other movie, fixed up the script, and then put that movie together, which, you know, you know, yeah, it was hard to do. This movie had a lot more time, um, so I feel like they were going to do um, justice with the story. I mean, overall, I thought it was going to be a better movie. Um, and I was sort of, you know, I, I sat there, I was just like, man, I really want this movie to, like, to do well, or to, to be a good movie. And it just never got to those points for me. Um, I think Dad touched on this, like some of the exposition part is just like so like over, like, okay, we like, we get it. You don't have to like explain everything, like the weird, like, uh, you know, what's like the dick joke about like, you know, how, how big did you get? Like even the, whatever Evangeline Lily has to say, can you guys stop having a measuring contest? It's just like over explanation of stuff is a little bit too much for me. Um, I think the biggest thing was it didn't feel like enough Ant-Man. The first one was an Ant-Man movie. This one, again, is Ant-Man the Wasp. I get. But I feel like Paul Rudd's character is almost a side character uh, in this movie. And so, I, I don't know. I just I didn't feel like there was good progression there. Um, the first one had the focus on like his crew and his group. In this movie, they're just like Besides Michael Pena, of course, but every those other two characters are just kind of side characters. Like they're there for like one or two lines, and then they're not there anymore. Like I, I don't know. I I had hoped we would have gotten some more out of them. Um, I think we talked about Michelle Pfeiffer's powers and how convenient they were. I, I, yeah, I didn't really like that. I felt Walton Goggins. Um, he was wasted. Like I love him as an actor, and he's just kind of regular henchman, bad guy working for somebody. Like I, I don't know, just wasted. Like he's, I don't know, he's he could have done a lot more. Um, and then uh, I just, yeah, the writing in general, I just felt like it lost something. Adam McKay, who, um, what movie did he do? I can't remember. He does like a, a lot of the comedy movies. Um, he didn't write, the, he didn't help write this one. So I thought the jokes, even though they were smart, they weren't as, I don't know, I can't, just weren't as funny as some of the ones in the first one. So I felt that was lacking some. And then, uh, didn't they say in the first one, you can't shrink too much? And that's why Hank Pym had to stop shrinking? Yeah, he's not. he said it was like, um, it messes up your mind or something. It messes up your brain. And yeah. I feel, I feel like they didn't touch on that in this one. And I thought, a lot I of thought it was just, it messes up your brain if you don't have the suit. Was it the suit? But like, how do you do it without the suit, though? Well, uh, sorry, without the helmet. Uh, that was the issue that w- with the villain in uh, in Ant Man when, or in the first movie, when he was shrinking without the right protection. Um, I think it was the someone do the helmet, that? and it kind of made him crazy. But there's Anthony's right too. There's a part where he's saying like, um, 
Michael Douglas like, I can't do it anymore because I can't do it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I've done it too many times. It's going to mess me up if I do it. Yeah. And then I feel like uh, the villain in that one, um, he didn't have like the right material to do it properly or didn't have whatever technology to do it properly. And that's why his brain was getting all fried. Um, Anyways. Oh, yellow jacket. Yellow jacket. Yeah. Yellow Yellow jacket. jacket. Um, So I don't know. I feel like they didn't really touch on that. They kind of just like, ah, it's whatever. Forget about that rule. Um, And then last thing i feel like there was a lot of lost potential you guys like mentioned that this movie that you guys liked it because it was it had small it was small scale um which is fine uh, but even if it's small scale i feel like you could have done something interesting with some of the ideas uh, no that, that, that's that's very fair i mean i i completely agree with that as well yeah like one thing i was thinking of i, I don't know if you guys thought of this but I feel like this could have been a heist slash inception type movie with them being in the quantum realm. We, they got thrown into whatever they were in the quantum realm for a very little amount of time. Like, I don't know, 15 minutes, whatever. But I feel like they could have written some kind of inception type because um, they were controlling whatever at, at the, whatever at earth level they were control were controlling him in the quantum realm, right? Like, I could have done something kind of interesting there, um, and they and they didn't. Uh, we just got like you know him with a quick rescue um, with no like no real challenge, um, and uh, yeah, I just thought it was kind of the lost potential there. So, anyways, I I uh, I liked it, um, but it was disappointing to me um i i do like the first ant-man um better and i don't know i don't know about like obviously i want them to do a third one but i just i don't know how much faith i would have like my expectations it would be a lot lower i think so all right um so that's my my thoughts um let's do a quick round table of uh ratings um, who do we go to first, Nick? Yeah, uh, I gave it a seven point five. I, I I liked it, but like kind of like you said, I I was I wasn't like blown away by it. But overall, I thought it was, I enjoyed the movie. I thought it was entertaining. Okay, makes sense. Um, who do we go to? Oh, Dad. Oh, Dad gave us. In case we aren't able to hear him, uh, he he put down in the chat that he gave it a six point nine. Wow. Yeah, which is kind of surprising because I thought he gave it a lot of praise, but I don't know. Dude's drunk. Who knows what he's saying? <laughs> um, Arthur? Maybe he meant 9.6. You got the numbers. Uh, you might be right. I think he just flipped the numbers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. <laughs> Arthur, how about your score? Um, I, you know what? I really like this a lot. I, I would give it a 9. I, I really had so much Damn. fun. Damn. Yeah. I, Damn, I a nine. I was wow. surprised. I surprised. I was surprised how much I liked this a lot. It was so much fun. Nine is smile. incredible. It's nine is so high. It just brought a smile to my face. It just you're on your pre-Comic-Con high. Yeah. You're like, you're so excited for Comic-Con. You're, you're like pumped probably when you watch it. <laughs> and are you drunk? Jeez. Maybe. I, I don't know. I, <laughs> I was, I, even I was surprised walking out like I had. All right. All right. Nice. All right, Kai.
Dang. Oh, there you go. Fuck. Twilight That's Zone, incredible. Quantum Realm. <laughs> I don't even. What? This is such a confusing five. score to me. This is something. Like, it was a. It was an eight point three. Yeah. Mine was around the same eight. eight this 8. is 8. A... 5, I think I have to check. Wow, you guys like this one more than the first one, huh? No way! <laughs> oh, wow. Both did. No, I mean, this movie was just so much fun. and Oh, wait, there's a lot of problems with it. Uh, okay. Yeah, that... but they're not, they're not earth-shattering, but anyway. To me, it was. It became a, some, some boring parts. Uh, Dad said he sobered up. You're just mad he... about that, like, that guy, that's all. <laughs> no, that's a different thing. Um, he downgraded to a 6.7 now. Man, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know. I can't believe him. Yeah, that's weird to me. <laughs> From 6.9 to 6.7. Um, all right, so Kai's got 9.2. Ronald? Um, I'm going to give it a 7. Solid, solid movie. Had some issues, had some flaws, but, again, I, I enjoyed it. All right. And... Um... I'm going to give this a seven as well. Um, honestly, it, because it's like Marvel slash Paul Rudd slash, I don't know. I'm just invested. It's probably a little bit higher than I would give it if it was like a one-off. But, you know, it's whatever. It, it was fine. It was fine. It was fine. You know, um, there's one there's one thing I would freak, I forgot to mention. It, I mm-hmm. think the effects are pretty actually amazing how they de-aged those guys. Like Michael Douglas looked like that 30 years ago. Like they did a really um, good job. They they look uh, yeah, yeah, I was I was very Spot impressed on. like, you know, they showed the the early scenes of Michelle Pfeiffer and I think they said they had a like a, a body double where they put the younger face. But man, that looked like Michelle Pfeiffer and and Michael Douglas 30 years 20 30 years that, ago. That's what I'm saying. It throws me off because I remember what they looked like and now I'm yeah. looking- I can't stop thinking about that. It's Michelle Pfeiffer, not not the character. You yeah. know, I'm, I'm thinking about Michelle the actor. Pfeiffer, and Michelle Pfeiffer looks great now, but I also <laughs> remember her for that that you know during those those years, and I thought this looked really really good. It didn't look weird or off putting, like uh, Terry Fisher. <laughs> yeah, Terry Fisher's. Yeah, like that one was kind of weird, but this one like really I thought the effects for that was really well done. Kurt Russell in the Guardians, Guardians too. Yeah, also, yeah, his young with, Kurt Russell. Looked just like him. Yeah, and they did yeah. it with Robert Downey, also, right? Um, I think they they de-aged him back <laughs> to his twenties. <20s. laughs> yeah, it looked um, pretty back. close. It looked yeah, pretty close exa- exactly. So I think Marvel has done the de-aging thing actually pretty well. It's because those characters are so iconic. You know, they they have so much yeah. age of them when they're young. That yeah. true, true. But I mean, they did it in the first Ant Man too. Aged Michael Douglas. He looked like that all. That was four or five years ago. No, that's what I'm saying. But those characters, they have so much footage of... I mean, not those characters, those, those actors. They have so much footage of them. Yeah, true. But yeah, but nonetheless, I, I mean, I think I agree. They, did a, I, they did a fantastic job. I agree. They did a really good job. You know what I was going to throw in, uh, Arthur? Because I mentioned... Uh, I like this movie because it's kind of the self... I like, I like the variety that they make. They, they still make this kind of movie, but they make like... Um, you know, Infinity right. War is just... It's just, you know... They don't care if you if you know the characters or not. We're just going. The action is just going to start, and you know yeah. either you're with us or you're not. But the movie is just going to go forward. I mentioned. Yeah. I remember you said that about uh, the Infinity Wars, and then I was watching yeah. uh, Ragnarok. It's kind of like that too. Ragnarok. It just kind. They just kind of jump in. They have that little part with Thor in the beginning, but 
but yep. they're going to go. They're like, this is, you know, here's Dr. Strange, here's Thor, here's her dad, here's his sister. They're just going to go, and either you're with us, you're not. But this yep. is different, and they have this kind of movies. They have all this uh, variety of movies. It's pretty good. They've earned it. And, you know, people are, yeah. I've read some people complaining that she was just so competent. She just jumped in, and I'm like, I don't care. You already established her as very competent in the first movie. She can just jump in and do the role now. It, it didn't bother me at all that she was a very competent wife. Uh, and people are complaining, no, they needed to build her up more. I'm like, did you even watch the first movie? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she just yeah. didn't have the suit, but she's smart and physically capable. So what else do you need? <laughs> yeah. Weird, weird. But yeah. Yeah, that's, that's weird feedback. I didn't hear about that. But um, yeah, I thought, she was, I thought she was good in this movie. Yeah. And, you know, the movie takes place in the Bay Area. It was cool. <laughs> they, yeah. If that threw me out of it too when they go to the street, you know, the Lomb- yeah, is it Lombard? Yeah, I was like, that street's yeah. never empty. Like, they, they got there, they're like, <laughs> I was like, there's no way. That street yeah, will exactly. never be empty in the middle of the day. Exactly. And then they're on the, on the Pier 39 or, or on that part, you know. Yeah. There's a, lot, there's a lot of Bay Area gags, which I, I kind of appreciate. He's like, how do you get a ticket? <laughs> exactly. You know, that was kind of fun. And, you know, one of uh, Michael Douglas's iconic shows was Streets of San Francisco, right? So, yeah. as a No, cops, we're not old enough for that. Whatever, Anthony. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what you're talking about, Arthur. <laughs> yeah, whatever, Nick. But anyway, I mean, it was cool to see it in the Bay Area, like all the major landmarks. Like they didn't fake it. It, it felt like very real. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Any final thoughts? Sounds like not. All right. Uh, let's wrap this thing up, fellas. Uh, when's our next one? We don't. There, the next Marvel movie isn't until March, March of next year. Captain Marvel. Uh, I know there's Aquaman coming in December. Uh, <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> no, nah, we need to watch it. <laughs> Aquaman, bro, I like that. Uh, yeah, I, I might catch the trailer in two. Oh, why would you do that? Well, they're premiering it here. Why would you do that? Aquaman. I will go to Hall H and I will walk out immediately because it's everything I hate about it. Why? why, why? You, getting into Hall H is already a problem. Uh, to, I'll Jeez. sell my spot. It's a podcast, Wreck-It Ralph 2. Dang! Yeah, uh, there's, you know what? There's plenty of movies to, to podcast since then. We have to keep our fans. I happy. think I think we could possibly do one for Mission Impossible. I, I hear it's really good. Ooh, um, I'm excited. Yeah. I'm actually really excited for that. Yeah. You no, know, as much as I want to hate Tom Cruise, it's like he make those Mission Impossible movies are pretty good. <laughs> well, they're good, they but are. they're good. Well, they're good, but they're forgettable. They're forgettable. They're good. Actual, the quality oh. action. I mean, it's a good movie, but. No, it's good, but it, you're kind of like, it's the same thing over and over. He gets you know, disavowed by the government. He's on the run, doing the same stunts, <laughs> and trying to find something. You get disavowed. Else. Again? Isn't that Mission again? Impossible? <laughs> yeah, and it's like the same thing. And then, oh, this person goes rogue. It's double. And you're kind of like, okay, I've done this like five times. You've been times. You're on the run five times. You're, you know, being betrayed five times. Okay. So, so you're right. saying so he's an agent saying, that's gone rogue. So you're I, I, saying I, I, he's Jack Bauer. Yeah, I mean, I don't dislike Which is it. awesome. <laughs> What's the problem? I don't, I don't hear a problem. You know what they should I, I, do? They should be with he's the rogue agent and he's the bad guy. Yeah, I, I don't, <laughs> that's, I don't that's dislike it. I'm just saying I just can't remember a lot from movies because for that, it's forgettable to me because it's just all about Tom Cruise. <laughs> you know? I'm, I, I'll, I'll, I'll still watch it, though. Yeah, easily. True. Well, 
Well, what about Skyfall? Skyfall was so well, Skyfall good. Was good. Well, the past, the past ones, the four that they had, every other one was been good. So they're kind of following this uh, Star Trek thing. Like the the even number ones are good, but the odd ones are off, or it might be the other way around. But anyway, yeah, two out of the four are good. And the other the two. Are, yeah, Bond just got too uh, convoluted to me a little bit. Like I, 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 it was just you have a hard, you have a hard time remembering exactly what's going on. They they make it so so complex. That's true because it's all continuity. Because the old Bond films were one and done, and right. these actually kind of carry over. So you're like, wait, what happened in the last one again? Oh, wait. That's what was good about the Skyfall. They just they're like, yeah. let's just simplify everything and just make yeah. it like an old Bond film. And then yeah, Skyfall was good. Skyfall was one of the better ones. That yeah, they just cut everything out. out and just like let's just make it old school. Yeah, the other two were. Uh... I'll take the Mission Impossible, the five, five Mission Impossible movie over James Bond. I think like consistent consistency. Like I think I would. Over the new Bond, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the new Bond sucks. I'm surprised you watched the old Bond movie. Okay. He's talking about... He's talking about... Goldeneye. Yeah, yeah Goldeneye. Exactly. He's like, you know the old Bond? Pierce Brosnan, the really old Bond? Exactly. <laughs> I go, Tomorrow Never Dies. He's like, that's the original, right? That's that's the first one, right? Goldeneye? Oh my gosh, you're killing me here, man. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That that's probably that's probably true. That, that's probably actually true, Nick. You're, you're probably right on. <laughs> He's thinking about The Rock, where Sean Connery's like an old one. <laughs> exactly. He, he, he missed. He miss, uh, yeah. He's got the movies confused. <laughs> yeah. That one on, on Alcatraz, right? That's where Bond, you know, in his in his eighties. <laughs> I like old Bond movies. Bond, Nicholas Cage, and Sean Connery. <laughs> oh my gosh, you're killing me, man. <laughs> all right fellas until next time thanks for podcasting we will uh talk soon yeah thanks, thanks anthony thanks Thank all you guys.